Good morning, everyone. Well, it's good to be here. We're, for those who are visiting today, we're continuing on a journey in our themes uh, this over these next few months of what it means to be community. What does it mean to be church together? Who are we? What makes up who we are? Uh, we've looked already at, at Roy last week, uh, started on this idea of what it means to be an inclusive community, someone who welcomes. And Roy spoke about grace, uh, spoke about uh, being, being different sometimes in the way that we, we go out into the world and then the way that we expect people to, to conform when we come back. And uh, Roy looked at that from a biblical point of view and expressed that. And today, my, my role in preaching is really to say, which Roy touched on, so I'm not saying he didn't touch on this, but my job is to take that further and say, but what does that mean? What does that actually mean to us here today? What does it mean to be an inclusive community? Now, I'm not going to apologize today. I'm actually going to use two separate videos. Um, which means that I won't be talking for long today, which some may be pleased at and some may be feel short-changed. Um, you can take a couple of quid off your giving this month, this week if you want, um, if you feel short-changed. Although that's not how giving works, we all know that. Because um, if it was on the performance base, my word. Um, but if we could have the first video, Steve, which is actually embedded into the... Um, this is one that I've shown before. Uh, it's called The Good News. Um, and uh, it, it just basically talks about the good news. So here we are. Hopefully, we get some sound with it as well. Get some sound in the computer. The PC one should. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. The PC number 17 track, I think. Steve and Caroline have stepped in last minute because Paul Gary's not very well today, so uh, we'll go back. But this is a video that talks about the good news that the gospel brings. Um, let's see, is it working, Tim? Do you think when you hear the word gospel, do you imagine a monk praying or a saint walking around with a halo over his head? Or do you imagine a family who live in your street who never smoke, drink, or swear on how annoying it is when their lawn is always perfect and their children look like tiny angels who floated down from the golden streets on high? Well, it actually doesn't mean any of that. We looked it up. The word gospel just means good news. It's not a religious concept reserved for holy people. It's just fantastic news for absolutely everyone. No exceptions. Good news for broken people and those who have been abused by life, that no one is beyond repair. Good news for the outcasts and the ones who don't fit in, that there are no outsiders to the love of God. Good news for the ones who are burned out on church and hurt by religion, that Jesus is a person in love with you, not an institution that makes mistakes. Good news for the ones who find prayer boring, the Bible difficult, and just aren't very spiritual, because grace is much bigger than that. Good news for those who have everything they want but still feel empty. Because satisfaction and joy doesn't come from cash or a nice house or a big fancy car. It comes from knowing why you were made and the one who made you. So, now for the awkward question. If we have such unbelievably good news for absolutely everyone, how come people aren't lining up to hear it? How come people roll their eyes and keep walking when they hear street preachers yelling it at the top of their lungs? How come the local gospel mission isn't bursting at the seams like the Apple store at Christmas time? I think we're maybe telling it wrong. Aww. 
You see, Christians aren't perfect. I'm sure you figured that out by now. As a wise man once told us, if a Christian gets disconnected from Christ, you're just left with Ian. And this guy, Ian, can be a real nasty chap. He's proud, mean, and more interested in the rules than people. Ian makes it sound like the gospel is only good news for people who are just like him and don't challenge any of his assumptions. Ian used the gospel to put himself on a pedestal so he can point out other people's flaws from up there and feel better about himself. At his worst, Ian tried to twist the promises of the gospel to prey on the vulnerable and to take their hard-earned money. And Ian even had the audacity to turn the gospel into campaign slogans and political propaganda to gain power for himself. We need to wrestle the gospel back off Ian and make it sound like good news again. Because if it doesn't sound like good news, it isn't the gospel and it isn't Jesus. You see, if religion doesn't lead you to Jesus, then it's a train you don't ever want to get on. It's just not enough on its own. We need to reclaim some of the amazing things that Ian has hijacked and make them gospel again. Things like the word evangelical. Now, don't be scared. This word is not political ammunition. It's not a pre-warning of an impending seals pitch. It just means carrier of good news. Isn't that beautiful? We don't have to peddle a religious product or bang the drum of any political party. We just carry good news without agenda. You see, here's the human problem. We are all aching for real, meaningful, joyful life. But let's be honest, none of us have found it on our own. Life is not some philosophical idea that's always out of reach. It's a person, and he is reaching out to us. You may have heard the saying that the world will never understand the good news until they understand the bad news. But in a world so filled with bad news, fake news, tragic news, I just don't know if that's true anymore. I don't know if they can hear it. It's not that we don't believe in the problem of sin and the brokenness of humanity, but friends, we have a way better story to tell. We have a cross. We have a resurrection. We have a coming king. We have a rescuer and a savior who can put all things right. We are telling the story that Jesus is and always will be the real good news. That idea might be too simple for some or too naive for others, but that's the amazing truth. That's the gospel for absolutely everyone, including Ian. Yay! And that's good news worth sharing. Brilliant little video, isn't it? That just explains something about who we are. We are carriers of good news. We have good news to share. And I suppose the question is, what is our good news that we have to share? Well, let's just hold that for a minute. You might be thinking, well, why on earth did Betty read those passages? Did she read the wrong ones? No, no. You see, what we have in the passage that we had in Mark today is the outpouring of that good news. See, in the chapter before, the religious leaders are arguing with Jesus about who's in, about who's out, about who's right and who's wrong. And Jesus is saying to them, look, you might look clean on the outside, but in your heart, there's something wrong. And they were of people who would say, but these are the people, God, that the, the Jesus, that the gospel should go to. The Samaritans, oh, sorry, not the Samaritans, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, those people who we want in our in crowd. 
And what happens in the verses that Betty reads just after that? Well, Jesus goes to the outsiders, a woman who was not from that community. He heals people who were lame and deaf, those that the society had rejected. Just to prove the point, I think, not in a sense I'm going to, but showing and heightening what he was saying. That the gospel, the good news, is for all. It doesn't matter if you feel an outsider. It doesn't matter if we think other people are outsiders and not welcome. The good news is for all. And Jesus, with this verse before, was saying to these religious leaders that you nullify the word of God, you take it away because of your traditions, because of what you have grown up believing, what you've been indoctrinated with, things that are not of God, but you've grown up believing them, that they are institutional and they are accepted. And Jesus tells them it's not about status. It's not about who's in and who's out. It's about the good news that is for everyone. Not just those whose face fits. Not just for those who's, who conform in the right way. The good news is for everyone. It's not about the outside. It's about our inside. It's about our hearts. And he demonstrates this in the passages that Betty read today by healing, by walking, by, by talking with those whose society had basically kicked out. There's a video we're going to watch later, and the word that he says, it's, it's shorter, don't worry, is that we lose the scandalous nature of what Jesus was doing. He talks in a moment about Jesus accepting the children coming to him. It wasn't just Jesus was wanting to bring the lovely little innocent children, the children had no status in society. And he was saying that they have a place, a place to be. And this is what Jesus is showing in these moments. Like I say, Roy spoke last week on being inclusive, of showing mercy, of, of not expecting people to conform. And today, yeah, we need to think how we live that out. What does that look like? What does that actually mean? I'm going to ask Steve to do something complicated because he needs to play another video that isn't necessarily on the system. Um, I want to endorse to you a, it's, um, a daily Bible, a daily thought that's called Fuelcast. It's done by a friend of mine um, from quite a few years ago. Um, and they have about three-minute videos every day that you can download and watch that just make you think a little bit more about uh, God, about your living today. And this is the one that was on Friday, and it just spoke powerfully, I think, into today. So, Steve, can we see if we can get this one going? There we are. Welcome to thefuelcast.com. I'm Brendan Bassett from Victoria Park Baptist Church and welcome to Bedminster here in South Bristol. 
A lot of Jesus' social interactions with other people really lose their impact unless we pay close attention to what's going on. So many of the stories we're so used to hearing, they don't really make a difference to us anymore. We're just too familiar with them. Think about, for example, the stories with Jesus welcoming the children. People sometimes get an idea that Jesus had a romantic notion involved in that, that children were really kind of innocent and that's why he gathered them up. He gathered them up because they had no social status and he wanted to show everybody these are the kind of people who the kingdom of God belongs to. Think about his social interactions with, with sinners and whores and all kinds of people that were looked down upon. Really loses his impact. One of the common features of UK churches is we all tend to have a sign outside that says, all welcome. All welcome is what we often hear and what we're familiar with. I got a keen interest in one sect called the Exclusive Brethren. I've known people who've been in it. And at least they're honest about their vision. They make it very difficult for people to go to their church. You have to sometimes bring a letter of introduction or phone them up first. But all welcome is what we're familiar with. Maybe the proof Maybe the real proof of whether people are all welcome in our churches is that we regularly have problems and challenges around people who bring all kinds of stuff with them into church. People with mental health problems, people with personality disorders, people with criminal backgrounds, people who are outcasts from their own communities, from other faiths, ex-Muslims for example. Perhaps having those folk around and the frictions and problems and challenges that go along with having a big mixture of people in our congregations are the real proof of whether our sign outside that says, all welcome is just a throwaway cliche or whether it's really, really true. Don't forget, Jesus shocked. He surprised and he alienated often those who were the most critical of him, who had the most power and the most status and the most concerns about the people he was hanging around with. Sometimes, sadly, that translates as church folk. Let's make it our deliberate purpose and plan to really be all welcome. And that means being open to problems and challenges and difficulties. But that is what Jesus told us to do. Let's go out and do it. Let's make all welcome, not a cliche, but a reality. Have a great day. On the face of it, I'm sure we can go, yeah, lovely. But actually, it's quite hard hitting, isn't it? What does it mean to be an inclusive community? It means that we welcome those who are not perfect because none of us are, whether you like to think it or not. It means welcoming those who are different. It means welcoming those who are going to bring their own difficulty and pain. It means welcoming those who are going to question what we do and why we do it. It means welcoming those who normally people who wouldn't dare step foot through a church. The reality, that's what it means to be an inclusive community. It's not about the welcome we offer. We can do that. It's about how do people belong? How do people feel that they belong with who they are and where they are? Many years ago, churches would have been asking questions like, 
Can a divorced person come to church? Can someone of different ethnicity come to church? These days, questions that are being asked is someone who's transsexual, can they come to church? Someone who's homosexual, can they come to church? Do you know what my answer is? My answer is this. We're asking the wrong question. We're asking completely the wrong question. Because the question we should be asking is how can we show God's love to everyone? How can we show God's love to a world that needs to hear the good news? People have heard enough bad news. You know when you turn on your TV screens and the news or your newspapers, you almost get a bit kind of immune to bad news, don't, no, don't we? It's just news after... I was walking home last night after the illusionist show here, and I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if the TV um, bosses came up with the idea, and I know Russell Howard has done something similar, but a mainstream good news programme that you can watch, that yes, acknowledges that there's difficulties in the world, but actually says in this difficulty, look at this group of people that have helped, that have been there. Look at the good news of people helping one another. Imagine if that was on at six o'clock in the afternoon. You kind of hope people would watch it because the world is so inundated with bad news. We're immune to it. And so when we try and lead with saying this is wrong, that's wrong, it just becomes part of the rhetoric of our world that bad news. But imagine if we can step forward with good news. Because no matter where you are, God loves you. And if we think there's something wrong in someone's life, then God give us the grace to journey with them and for God to work in their lives and for us not to be the ones that are battering them and, and telling them how wrong they are, but to be the ones that are saying, even in the midst of we don't understand, God loves you and we're going to journey this with you. The world has had enough of bad news. And we are called to be gospel people, which is not the bringer of bad news. It's the bringer of good news. I'm not talking about changing what we believe. I'm not talking about trying to understand things different. But what I am saying is, let God do the work. Let God be the one who touches people's lives, that challenges them, that rebukes them. And let us be the ones that journey with these people. So that when we can say we are an inclusive community, it actually means something. It's not just lip service. I've said before, and Brendan, who I knew from my time in Bristol, um, this made it in that passage in the uh, video. When we put outside, all are welcome. Is there a little asterisk next to it? that has a little asterisk and small wording at the bottom, as long as you conform and believe what we believe. Because actually Christ says, no, all are welcome. And in God's mercy and in God's strength, he can change us. You know it. In your lives, walking with others or, or having Christ in your life would have changed you, would have transformed you. And why do we think that, that God is going to do any different to anyone else? God calls us to be a community, an inclusive community that walks alongside people whose society have outcast. Can I tell you, um, I'll edit this bit out of the video, but on Christmas Day, or the recording, so on Christmas Day, um, 
there was someone who was transsexual that came and had Christmas dinner with us. No one batted an eyelid. And actually, I think it's fair to say they felt welcome, didn't they? They felt very welcome. Now, we might say we don't understand, we don't know, we don't believe that's in God's perfect plan. But that's for God to do. Our job is to love and to welcome and to show the love of Christ and to help people to belong whom society might say is an outcast. Now, I know what I'm saying might be difficult for some, might be challenging, and I know people might want to disagree. But our calling is to be gospel people, bringer of good news. And actually, God died for everyone. Salvation, redemption, and hope is for everyone. My prayer is that this will be a messy church, not in terms of the activities and all that kind of stuff. But it'll be a church where we can be real with one another, where the messiness and the horribleness and the, the awfulness and the difficulty of life is a part and parcel of who we are, that we don't feel that we have to come on Sunday and put on our Sunday face where we smile. And people say, how are you today? And we say, fine. Your world's falling apart, but I'm fine. Someone said once, fine stands for feeling inadequate, needing encouragement. I'm fine. Now when Jesus spoke to people, none of them said, well one or two did, but they were wrong, said I'm fine. Here we are in the reading Betty gave today, people came with their problems. Why? Because they wanted to just go, well it's good to get it off your chest. No! because they believed in a God who could change and transform. And this is what I believe is at the heart of being an inclusive community. That we welcome everyone with their problems, their difficulties, their pains, their different outlooks of life. And we say this, we say welcome. God loves you. God has a plan for you. And we want to journey with you through the messiness, through the difficulty. But most of all, we want to see God at work. So what does it mean to be inclusive? Well, we might still have our own ideas. But I think part of it means that we have to stop putting up barriers. We have to make sure that when whoever walks through that door, that they're not just welcomed, but they feel like they belong that they found a home, not necessarily in this church, but found a home in God. A place where they are loved, where they're accepted, and a place where God can work in them, challenging and transforming, and a place where they know that they are welcome, they are loved, and that we will journey with them. It's a challenge. It's difficult. But like I say, I pray that this will be an untidy church, a church where we see everybody from all walks of life come to know God as their Lord and Saviour. And that's when we can know that we truly mean that all are welcome and we were living out being a gospel people. Amen.